ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Yes, we're back. What a guest again. One of my favourite interviews of all time, <laughs> Ali McCoy. Thanks for having us. You're saying that now, right? <laughs> I heard you, you were getting interviewed yourself and I wasn't even in your top five. Was it? No, you, see, you must say that to other guys, do you? I kind of put you in a group with four other guys, so you stand alone, do you know what I mean? 160,000 views you got. <clears throat> Is that right? 150,000 thought it was question of sport and I was so back here, but I'll take it anyway, mate, do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I loved it, I must admit, and it's great, back, great to be back seeing you again, Paul. It was a career one, but it's a Scotland one we're going to Good. do. But before we start, I seen Brazil getting you a bit yesterday for the result of the weekend. Oh, aye. So there's only one thing for it, mate. You know what happens when you're going through a bit of a bad time, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Get the old tin out of there, you are, mate. I think my head's grown. <laughs> <laughs> that used to fit me. <laughs> right, you ready to go? Yes, we're all set. Scotland legend, both on and off the pitch. 61 caps, 19 goals on the pitch. Gordon Jury's wingman. Off the pitch, Craig Brown's wingman on night suit, is that right? <laughs> I don't know if I was his wingman in night suit, but I'm hope I'm still going the same way he's going at his age, by the way. I'll tell you right now, a remarkable human being that man is. Remarkable. <laughs> but uh, growing up Scotland-wise, who was your heroes? Oh, Kenny and Joe Jordan, and I remember my dad bringing me here, oh, early, early 70s, maybe 74, we beat England 2 nothing. I can remember that one. I can remember us getting a dune from England and a centenary game, 5 nothing. But, oh, great memories. Your first Ranger Celtic game here, I would be about 10 over there in the enclosure. Saying, I, I tell my boys, I say, don't believe me, 118,000 people wow. at the game. Um, and then I can remember, I was at that game, Rangers won 3-2, big time for sight in the last minute or something like that. Just unbelievable memories. I remember standing up there, <clears throat> any time Rangers or Scotland scored, you couldn't see the game for about 10 minutes with all the dust. I don't know if you remember it. If yeah. you not remember it, you might have seen it in the telly. There used to be a dust come up, right? <laughs> you couldn't see the game for about the next five or 10 minutes. And then you were home for, for days after it, you're picking bits of soot out your teeth <laughs> and up your nose and all that stuff. What was the dust? Was that you opening your wallet? <laughs> <laughs> not bad. You're not bad. Hey, there's a long way to go though. <laughs> Don't peak too early. Don't peak too early. <laughs> Obviously you were a massive Rangers fan, but would you come to Scotland games as well? Oh, was that always a dream to play absolutely, for Scotland? Absolutely. Any kid's dream, you know, when you meet yeah. up, you want to play for play for your country. And as I say, I remember my dad bringing me... 
England 2 nothing. I think it was a, might have been a couple of OGs and I was I remember the game in 77 when Kenny put it through um, Ray Clements' legs up the Celtic end brilliant memories and then uh, as I say we were all our family obviously big big Scotland fans and as I, as I said to you there to play for Scotland is your dream mm -hmm. just to represent the country and as I say coming here as a kid and it's funny because Friday night the Belgium game it's the same thing we're coming I think there's a, there's a bus coming for the village and there's about eight or nine kids coming probably about the same age mm -hmm. I would be um, eight, nine, the younger ones are eight, nine, ten years age and we're bringing them out with the game and it, for a lot of them, in fact for most of them if not all of them, that'll be their first experience at Hamden watching Scotland so it's great. Brilliant eh. <coughs> 23 you were when you first got called up, can, you remember, can you remember getting told? Aye, I can actually, it was a, a game in Eindhoven against Holland, uh -huh. I made my debut um, and it was, it was tragically obviously after I think Big Jock had passed um, at Cardiff um, and Alex Ferguson I think Walter Smith and I can't remember who else it was somebody else took the team or took charge uh, obviously in the aftermath of the tragedy down in Cardiff um, and I get a call up and I was absolutely delighted absolutely delighted you can't get much tougher debuts playing Holland and, 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 and away from home and I think we drew nothing each um, who, who told you you'd been called up? how did it work <coughs> back, back in? I think if I, if I remember correctly it might have been a that time it was probably Jock Wallace because I remember Jock Wallace having a fallout with Fergie on the phone for Fergie not taking me to the World Cup in Mexico in 86 because right. <clears throat> I'd done alright scored a few goals and I went up Big Jock called me up to his office and the only way Big Jock Wallace phone call for you right and it was it was Sir Alex right to phone me up to tell me the news that he wasn't taking me to the World Cup, you know, but if there's any call-offs, you know, and, be, and I went up and I thanked, thanked him, obviously unbelievably disappointed, because that was another World Cup I should have been at, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right, so I thanked him very much. And I always remember, I uh, <laughs> handed the phone back to Big Jock Wallace, and Big Jock giving Fergie an, an earful, I should be taking the boy, slams the phone down, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> as disappointed as I was, I still laugh at that story, you know. Did you not tell us before yeah. that Fergie never took you to St Mun, was it? it aye, absolutely. Had been for you back in, didn't it? Aye, more I think about it. Uh, and everybody talks about being a great manager. What about those two for mistakes? Imagine not taking nobody, nobody talks about his mistakes, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think he's got away with homicide, actually, to tell you the truth. <laughs> see, in your debut for him, though, could you see in that one game how, how good he was? Oh, aye. Aye, what was it? You had just just ability, man. It was just yeah. something special. You know, you can tell, uh -huh. you can tell, man. Just you know, you, you know what it's like. You go in a football park, and you can feel and, and sense brilliance about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same with boys like Gascoigne and and, and, and Louder in particular. You know, you know, and you can you can feel it. You can just sniff it out. You know. Uh -huh. See, when you were a striker and obviously you're a goal scorer, do you always feel under pressure to score? Even your debut, do you think I need to score here. Aye. Any time ahead. Absolutely, because there's a, a ruthlessness and a stroke selfishness that all top, top strikers, I'm not saying I'm the top, top striker, but all top strikers have, whether it's Shearer and boys like, I mean, you look at Shearer, right? Shearer just wanted, wanted to score goals, right? That was his job. Uh, Michael Owen, same, top finishers, top, and there's a, there is, there's a, there, you know, there's a single-mindedness um, that I think you have to have as a as a top striker to, to to take chances and score goals. Not not to the detriment of the team, I hasten to add, but 
top strikers, a lot of strikers will, will feel they've not done their job if they've won and they've not scored. Mm-hmm. Right, because the team's the most important thing, I get it. But top strikers think they are effectively judged on their goals. When you first went into that Scotland team, was there guys that you learned off in the Scotland team, strikers-wise? Simon, man, I, I, I look at the boys that, you know, in and around that team at that time. I think Big Joe Jordan was just finishing. Kenny Dalglish, yeah. man, Stevie Archibald, you know, Morris Johnson, Frank McIverney, Charlie Nicholas. I'll not ask you what Frank taught you. Brilliant. <laughs> Frank, Frank, I think you'd be surprised. I think I taught Frank one or two things. But anyway, but anyway, brilliant talent. You know, yeah. those, those boys are just, Graham Sharp, speedy. Boys like that that were playing at the top, top level, you know, in, in England and indeed Scotland. Um, <clears throat> sadly, we don't have that at this moment in time, but that was the competition that we were up against to try and, get in, try and to get into the team, you know? And it was extremely difficult. And then you look at somebody like, a brilliant striker up here would be wee Robbo, probably, you know? John Robertson. John Robertson. Uh, and probably didn't get the amount of caps he deserved, you know? Mm-hmm. Wee Robbo was a tremendous goal scorer. Tremendous goal scorer. And I played up front with wee, guys like wee Robbo as well. So, but at that particular time, when I, when I was fortunate enough to be breaking into the national team, I mean, crikey, like I said to you, the, the competition and the names are just would walk into any team in any international team in the UK whether you know as I say it was Kenny and Stevie Archibald and boys like that I mean Stevie Archibald's playing with Barcelona and things like that you know top top players Paul Sturrock's another one I've even mentioned what a great player he was some squad that Andy Roxburn then got the job yes. you started to play regularly how was he as a manager ah he was great I mean he, 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 was, he was great Andy I mean he, Andy was, was, was Andy was probably different to, to any other kind of coach or manager that, that I had in the respect that he was he was not that the other boys weren't. He was more meticulous in, in his preparation and everything, you know, because up until then, you know, I, I'd been managed by, by, by guys like, uh, obviously, Jock Walsh and, and John Gregg and people like that. And all of a sudden, Andy, who'd come in, and at that time, tactics were just coming more to the forefront of, of not just international football, indeed club football. And Andy was very, very forward-thinking, as I say. He was meticulous in preparation, set up and set plays and whether it was the shape of the team and all that stuff. So, no, Andy was very, very good. And well, I should say, you've got to remember, at that particular time, you know, we were qualifying you know, at that, with the World Cup in 86, with the World Cup in 90, you know, with the Euros in 92, we never made 94 World Cup, we were Euros in 96, World Cup 98, you know. So that was a very, very successful period for, for Scotland in terms of qualification, in terms of, you know, the international team doing OK. Did he say to you, you're my main man? <clears throat> no, he never said that. He never said that, but I always felt at that particular time, myself and Wimo, you know, if, if the two of us were playing at club level to any, any, any level, which we should be, then we would be difficult to displace in the national team. Um, and I've got to say, um, he was a sensational football player. Top player, was Top player. <laughs> I, I, I've gone on record the same, Sam, and I, I, I'll say it again. His first year when he came back, Morris Johnson, and played with Rangers, I honestly think he was in the top three strikers in the world at that wow. time. For that period. For that period of his of his career, because people peak and have peaks and troughs through careers. But for that year, he was absolutely unbelievable and he was he was a brilliant player to play with. A centre forward who was totally unselfish, right? Which you I know, like yourself. Which I've <laughs> in contradiction to myself, <laughs> right? But he, he really was a 100% team player, the wee man, and a great player to play with. Yeah. So I just felt, as I say, at that particular time, 
I felt if Morris and myself were, were playing at any level that we should be, we wouldn't be automatic picks, but we would certainly be you know, difficult to move and budge. Now you mentioned it there. How buzzing were you to go to your first World Cup in 1990? Uh, buzzing, man. It was just, what an experience. Bro, I remember the game out there against Norway. Uh, we, I think we just had to avoid, avoid defeat because we had a great, with some brilliant results in that section. We beat France here, a proper team. We beat them 2 nothing out there. One of my favourite nights out there um, against France, kind of wet night. We arrived, literally arrived about 15 minutes before kickoff. We got caught up in traffic and went out and we beat them. And then we played, as I say, uh, it was Norway, I think we played, and we, we just needed to avoid defeat. And I scored. Delighted, great memory. Lobbed it over the big Spurs goalkeeper. I think it was Torstead that was in goals at the time. And then uh, we're there, we're home and dry. With two minutes to go, big Jim Leighton threw one in. I swear to God, <laughs> uh, he must have backed Norway for a draw or something, right? <laughs> it was like, big Jim. The normally 99% reliable big Jim. Um, it was, Erl I think, Erlan Johnson, it was, unless, who went to Chelsea I think he hit he hit one for just outside the Celtic end man and he scored it and he scored in at the Rangers end Big Jim was right so as usual in typical Scotland style for the next 90 seconds we're biting the nails but anyway thankfully we, we saw it out and uh, we went to we went to Italy which was just absolutely fantastic and with, with guys in the team like you know, Big Alec McLeish great absolutely tremendous you know manager now but tremendous player and and McInally was another one that was, was playing up front. Who, he, what a career he, he had! Celtic, Aston yeah. Villa, Bayern Munich. Uh, I don't know if you know. He, he played with Bayern Munich. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what In about Germany, him? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> big shyness. Brilliant. Uh, See how you're talking about all the players. Was the spirit in, in the squad? Spirit group? was brilliant. Who were the main men? Oh, McInally. Was he funny? Uh, oh, he's funny. He was. I'm telling you right now, Simon. Brilliant. You couldn't, you couldn't knock him down my demolition ball, right? <laughs> fearless, fearless, right? I roomed him in the World Cup. You don't know this, don't no. you? Know? Oh, you may hear us. I'm rooming him with the World Cup, right? So we're taking our bags, we're all excited. World Cup, on you go. We're getting our identification and all that stuff, our passes. So we check into the hotel in Rapallo, right? So we get to the door and he goes to open the door and he closes it again. I goes, what are you doing? He went. I look at him. He goes into his bag, right? Gets a big photograph of cell, right? Big sticker with a biometric slip, licks it and goes, sticks it on the door, right? He says, he said, I want everybody in this hotel, he says, to know where Big Jake for the Munchen's living, right? For <laughs> 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 the Munchen. For <laughs> the Munchen. So he sticks, he sticks a big photograph of himself on our door, right? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I need to tell you, <clears throat> we're, we're doing for the team talk, Andy and Craig Brown's reading out the team, right? So they did it strange. They took the goalkeepers, told them who's playing, took the defenders, told them the defence. So he takes the five forwards. So there's me, Big Mac and Ali, Wee Mo, Gordon Jury, and Robert Fleck. So I've scored the goal that's got there. Wee Mo firing, I think, certainty to start against Costa Rica, certainty. So he sits around there and Andy says, Right, boys, he says, Open again, World Cup, tough decisions, selections, no easy. But one of you, some of you will be disappointed. But anyway, he says, I'm going to start with Mo and Nally, right? And he says, Nally. But I think he says, Ali. Uh -huh. right? So I'm thinking, oh, that'll do for me. It's lovely. Right? <laughs> so, I'm like, so I'm going, right, okay, but we won't, right, bump. And I, I can remember now thinking, Craig Brown's looking across the table, and he must be thinking to himself, Christ, Christ he's taking this hell of a while, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, anyway, eventually, he says, Nally again, right? And I went, 
Ah, he said, Nally, there. So this or that, and then he said, Nally, Nally, Nally. I'm like, I'm not playing, I can't believe it. So I'm devastated, right? Uh-huh. Devastated. So, usual, what do you do when you're devastated? Stay up, you phone your dad, don't you? So, I'm on the phone to my dad, I said, Dad, there's no playing me, he's not, uh, open the game of World Cup, I'm playing all right. No, calm down, just calm yourself down. I'm not, uh, uh, usual, right? So just then, my door's open with, with a big photographer, <laughs> the Munchen man, who's now playing. He's not kicked a ball in any of the qualifiers, and the big Munchen man, and I'm rooming with him, it's just a disaster, right? So I, I can hear the lift doors open, right? And I went, Dad, I need to go, here he's coming, right? So I turn the phone, uh, so I pick up my wee book with the Sudukos, right? I'm doing my Sudukos like that. So all I can hear is somebody singing the Flower of Scotland, walking along from the lift, right? So I swear to God, I'm like, I can't believe I'm raging, right? So he walks into the room, and I'm going like, I can't even lift my head to look at him, right? Going like my Sudoku. He says, oh, you. I went, what is it? He went, get that light off. Some of us have got a game tomorrow, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> he says, he says, get that light off. Some of us have got a game tomorrow. I was like, right, I'm raging, and he's singing and all that stuff. Anyway, the good news is, it's got a happy ending this story, uh, by the way. I wouldn't <laughs> be telling him, but they have a happy ending. Beat one nothing. He is a howler, by the way. Howler. I'm sitting there going, I've got, I've got, I've got a, do- a dollar on him in the dugout, and I'm sticking pins in it and all that stuff. Right? Twin- right? So, anyway, it's a nightmare. Costa Rica beat his one nothing. So, we're playing uh, Sweden. Same thing. He names the team, right? So the good news is McAnally's dropped, right? <laughs> the bad news is I'm still no playing. No right? way. I'm still no playing. So he plays, I think it was Wee Fleck he played. He came from nowhere, Wee Fleck. He went, I don't think he was in the squad. <laughs> he just turned up his supporters and anyway he's got a game. So anyway, Wee Fleck had played. So uh, I don't need to tell you, big McAnally, right up in the room. He's on the phone to his dad, old Jake, a lovely, lovely old man. And he's going, Dad, you know, I'm not playing. I, I thought I did all right and all that stuff. And I'm like, you're beauty. So I come in the room, right? And I've got my Sudoku there, and I went, oh. He says, what is it? And I lobbed the Sudoku, I said, here, you'll be able to help me tonight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, but, that, that take was, it well, okay, imagine, that, that was a morale, that was a crack, yeah. you know, and with boys like Big Craig Levine. Big Craig Levine's a tremendous player, you know. Uh-huh. Honest Somebody to God. Somebody else said that on your Derek Ferguson, was it? Uh-huh. I'm telling you, Sam, Big Craig Levine got a couple of really bad knee injuries. I thought he would have been, he would have went right to the top. Wow. I, I, he had the ability to defend in places like, in my opinion, Italy and things like that, certainly down in England. So with, with Big McPherson and boys like that, and as I say, Big Alec, with a real Stuart McCall, real good squad yeah. of boys, Big Jim and Goals and, and the Andy as well. So no, you great hear, memories. You hear now about like boredom with World Cups. Did you just have that? How did oh, you just keep no, yourself entertained? We had, there was a lot, everything, there was everything going on, you know, we could watch films and all that. We didn't have the things the boys have now with the computers and all that stuff, but we kept ourselves going. We would have wee quiz nights and sports quiz nights and all that stuff, and we'd have movies, watch films and all that stuff, and, you know, we'd go to a walk. We, we kept ourselves going, it was great. Uh-huh. We'd just get a beer <coughs> that now? Would that not be alive? No, really, no, <coughs> no. Uh, we'd, 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 to be fair, I know it sounds crazy, but we were very, very well... Behave. It's, yeah. too, it's too big an occasion, do you know what I mean? How was the buzz around that, that World Cup? Was it brilliant in the stadium? Uh, was it big Ness and It was magic. I mean, I still think it was one of, one of the great World Cups. The Italian World Cup really was. There have been some good ones. I mean, the Russia one, which I know we're going to talk about later, was sensational. France 98 was excellent. I loved South Africa. I thought the South African World Cup was brilliant. But 
to be involved in one nineteen ninety would, would certainly take a bit of beating. Who were the top players at ninety that you seen? Well, that was Scalacci's World Cup. Scalacci, right. Toto Scalacci, was brilliant that, that year. The Italian, man. Ah, it was the Italian boy. Yeah. He was scoring goals all over the place. The, the, the Irish lads went on a great run as well. If I remember, I can remember big, big David O'Leary scoring a, a penalty against Romania or somebody. They, they went on a great run. I'll tell you right now, England were as good as MD in the whole tournament. Right. Aye, <coughs> and they ended up. <coughs> Excuse me, they lost two. Was it Germany? They lost two in penalties. Was that Gascoigne crown? Aye. Uh -huh. they, they were a proper team. Big Terry Butcher, Gascoigne, and Piercy and Waddle and all those guys. They they would have, in my opinion, they, they would have won it if they'd beat if Germany, they'd beat Germany in, in, in penalties in the semi-final. Some, some great players. That, the England team was very, very strong. And I think Germany went on to win the final. Bremer scored a penalty with his right foot. I can always remember it. He scored with his right foot and he was left-footed. Mental. Um, against Argentina. And Argentina, the, the, the reasonable side as well, but some great players. You talked about that England team there in ninety. How good was that compared to the team in ninety six, where Gascoigne was in his, his pomp, shall we say? Uh, very, very similar. <clears throat> some of the older brigade, did, did maybe I think Big Terry had moved on. You know, Seaman was obviously in goals. I think Tony Adams and boys that were coming through. That England team in ninety six <clears throat> again would have and probably should have won that tournament. Mm. You can still see that semi-final against, was it Germany again? I can still see the ball coming across and Gascoigne kind of sliding in and probably could have... Post, <clears throat> and they would have won that. Gascoigne at that particular time was, you know, one of the best players going. There's no, there's no doubt about it. They, they were a very, very good England side. That said, in our game against them, honestly, God, I know it's the old one if your auntie did this and all that stuff, but if we scored a penalty, I think they'd... I think if we'd scored the penalty, we, we might have gone on and beaten them. One thing I was desperate at, why did you not hit the penalty? Why did you not hit the penalty? <clears throat> because, I tell a story, I still think it was a mistake that, that Craig Brown made in, in saying, and we just, I've discussed it with Craig before, and I, I would never do it again as a coach or a manager, tell somebody before the game who's taking the penalty. I don't think you should ever do that. No? No, I don't. I think you should say whoever fancies the penalty takes it. Because, for example, not that Gary was having a bad game, <clears throat> but if you appoint somebody to take a penalty, right, say, say, right, Ali, you're on the penalties, I might be having a stinker of a game, mm. right? Now, the, 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 the hardest thing to do and the right thing to do would be for me to go, right, I'm not having a good game, guys, I don't want to take the penalty. That's not a coward's way out, that's the, what should happen, right? But I just think that you put pressure on somebody if you're telling them to take a penalty before the game, because... Well, if you, apparently, in all the teams that I've ever played with and played for, you'd four or five guys go, like, I'll take the penalty, I'll take the penalty. That's so that's great. Mm -hmm. So, as I said, I think Gary, Gary was told he was taking the penalty before the game, right? Listen, Gary could have scored it. I could have missed it. John Collins could have missed it. These things happen. But I just think, you, and there'll be people disagreeing with me, I just don't think you say to somebody, it's different for a free kick, you know where you're going, set plays, you mark, that's my job and all that stuff. But taking a penalty... You know, it should be left to somebody who is playing well and really, really confident to be taking the penalty. <clears throat> it's without doubt, you know, my, my, my biggest regret probably in football not taking that penalty. Really, yeah? Aye, oh, without doubt. And by the way, I could have missed it as well. Mm -hmm. I could have missed it as well. And the bizarre thing is, I mean, I tell people this story, the ball moved. That Yuri Geller said that, oh, eh? We had him on that... Uh, we had him on that talk sport, right. Yuri Geller, right? Honestly, God, about two weeks ago, right? I couldn't believe it, right? And he's got there and said, yes, I made the ball move, right? And all that stuff, and I did this, and I did that. And of course, I was like, because you know I made it move into the back of the net, Yuri, by the way, just he's up, give us a break, you know? So he's still, he's still claiming that he made the ball move. But 
it did move. I was standing on the 18 yard box at Wembley, and as Gary went up, he hit that ball. It definitely moved. Incredible. Crazy, yeah. Crazy. The other thing for that game was Gaz's goal. <coughs> sent, sent Henry for a hot dog, didn't he? Oh, bad. How good was that? Bad goal? Colin. What are you doing, Colin? Pair high heels on here, don't it? Oh, man. He was like dancing on ice, a big fella, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Were you with Gaz for the Rangers at the time? Uh, would you noise, would you noise no. each other up on the way up to the game then? Oh, aye. Noise each other on the way up the game. I mean, I've still got his jersey for that game, and, and I, I think he had two jerseys. He gave one to Stuart McCall for his son, they gave one to me for my son. Um, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a story about that game. So I hate it. Brilliant. Do you know that goal was that brilliant? Gascoigne never mentioned it to us, and I'm deadly serious. See if it had been a tap in, if a goalie had made a save and he'd knocked it in for half a yard, he would have made our life a misery for the next five, six years, right? But because it was sheer brilliance. I think even he knew it was brilliance. I'm not saying for a minute he was embarrassed, but he didn't want to lay on thick because it was a, it was a bit of genius. It really was. It was a bit of genius. But by Colin, man, what are you doing, Colin? <laughs> I think you said I'm over it, guys, isn't it? Uh, oh, but but no. you scored against Switzerland in a major tournament. That must have been a great feeling. Oh, eh? God. It's, it's, it's a great fantastic. goal as well, wasn't it? Uh, it was a good strike. Delta. I should have scored actually before it as well from a corner. One get knocked across. I should have scored it for a corner, but uh, it, was, it was just, it was a knocked into Gary and Gary McMack. It was a brilliant, it was a, it was a three or four yard pass, but it was tremendous because he just threw the boy and he just rolled it there. And I didn't have to break my stride and I just hit it. And it was, it was magic because as I hit it, I, I could see it start outside the post and it flies in. And there's a wee guy, Fisco Bride, that I used to go to school with behind the goal, Ian Bucking, Bukey. Right, and I, I can still see it in the camera. I can still see him jumping up and down behind the goal. Amazing, so, eh? Uh, that was brilliant. But we lost it on, was it Holland scoring a goal? Holland scored. How sickening was that? That's, that's just Scotland. You know, it's just Scotland. Because we got to the stage, if England had kept it 4 nothing, we'd have qualified with England. Um, and it'd have been, we probably deserved it and warranted it. But I think uh, Big Day, I was winding him up as well, Big David Seaman, he was on the radio as well. Yeah. And it was Clive that hit one in about, I think it was about the 88th minute. And they, I think it went through Big David's legs. Mm -hmm. And of course that goal meant that we didn't qualify, which is amazing. Another hard luck story from Scotland. See, if you did go through, do you think you could have went far in the tournament? You're taking your chances. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe it. Was we, that a good team that year? Huh? Oh, we had a good side. We had a very good side that year. I mean, and it, when, you, when you reach the knockout stages of that tournament, you'd, you'd, you might not be getting into the game as favourites, but you'd take your chances. You'd absolutely take your chances. As I said... There was nothing in the England game when they beat us 2 nothing, And they ended up, they probably should have won it, you know, because they garnered a bit, bit of momentum. Very unlucky not to win the semi-final. So my point is, with a, you know, with a, we wouldn't have been favourites, but we'd have taken our chances and fancied it, yeah. So France 98, never called up. Alex Ferguson at it again. Ah, definitely. <laughs> He's never admitted it, but I think he phoned Craig Brown. <laughs> I think he phoned Craig Brown. I need to chin him about it. He said, Craig, you can't take him. So... Um, Obviously, I mean, I, I, I was devastated. I'm not kidding. I broke my heart. I really did. I remember getting the news down in London that it wasn't to take me, and I was. I brought, you know, great my eyes out. Devastated. Um, I still think it was a massive mistake. Uh, I still think I should have gone. I mean, I scored, I think, for Rangers in the cup final against Hearts. That, my last game, and I, I firmly believe I should, I should have been taken because I certainly don't think I would, I, I would have played 90 minutes all the games. But I thought if we needed a goal, I would. I was still maybe, no disrespect to the other boys that went, I was still probably our best chance and our best option. 
So I was really, really disappointed. Um, that said, it's life, you know, you just go on with it. And, and, and I went to the World Cup and I actually had a, a really enjoyable World Cup. I was working with guys like Martin O'Neill and Des Lyon and all that stuff. And it was a fantastic experience going to, going, as I said, touched on it earlier, it was a great World Cup. The French did really well, um, host nation, and obviously won it. But in terms of the, the disappointment, that would have to be, you know, the, the biggest disappointment um, in my career. Was it explained to you why you never went? Not really, no. Um, Which makes probably makes it even harder. I, I, listen, I know what it's like being a manager and coach as well, having to pick teams and pick squads. Um, I, have, I have spoken clearly to Craig since, um, you know, and he, he, he has said to me, he, he, he thought it was a mistake now. Um, and I do appreciate him for saying that, I really do. Um, it doesn't soften the blow that I didn't go, but it kind of backs my own theory up that I should have gone. And it does make me feel slightly better, although it was still, without doubt, a, an incredible blow. Mm -hmm. Just last question on the playing career. Who was the best you played, the best you played with in the Scotland teams? Ah, we more at that particular time. We more that. Uh, uh -huh. I tell you, Paul McStay, a great player as well. Right. I mean, I, I really enjoy I think I said to you last time I was speaking, Paul McStay was a terrific player, absolutely terrific player. He was great, he was excellent. Um, but in terms of striking partner, it'd have to be Wemo. Wemo, as I said, for a couple, couple of years, him and I have played up front. Some great memories, beating France out there and things like that, you know, and at that particular time, that period, he was, he was in fire, the wee fella. Fire and a great player. But, I mean, we had a, a proper team. You know, with Muller McLeish at the back, Andy Gorham, Jim Layton, Richard Goff. You top know, players, top uh, players, top you players. know, absolutely top players. Very lucky. On to the coaching. Walter Smith asked you to be a coach for him. How happy were <coughs> you to take that job? Oh, son, I, I went for about a lunch with Walter. He said, I need to talk to you. I said, sure. And he got the job. He said, you, you fancy coming to the national set up with me? And I went, absolutely. And I thought, I genuinely thought it was, it'd be with the 18s or the 21s. Yeah. And I said, what, what have you got in mind? Um, and he went, oh no, with a team, the international, the national team. He said, I want you and Tam to, to, to be my assistants and help me. And I went, are you kidding me on? I said, absolutely, it was absolutely fantastic. It was great, it really was. And a, a, and a wonderful experience. And at that particular time, with a, again, with a great spirit and a great, you know, a great team. And I just thought, you know, it was great to be part with a wonderful team on the part, but, with Walter being head coach and manager and myself and Tam, I just with a lovely blend of everything round about it and it was yeah. great. All the boys in the squad, you could see they were actively enjoying coming to training, coming to the setup and enjoying playing. And that hadn't been the case um, for one reason or another previously. So, you know, there was a bit of work that had to be done. Um, and I remember Walter taking us a bit we down south to a place just outside Manchester and you know, on, a, on one of the breaks and he just got the whole squad together and we, I think he took about 40 of the lads down and just had a chat with everybody and a, you know, what's required and you know, where we've been and more importantly where we want to get to and how we're going to achieve this and you could just feel the wee spirit getting together and that was a good, good side and, and great, great days with Tam and What did you think when you seen that draw France, Italy and Ukraine? Oh wow Must have been shitting yourself Aye. now I mean that was unbelievable I mean yeah. Never mind France and Italy, Ukraine or some side. Uh -huh. They were, they were, they, they had Shevchenko and boys like that. They were proper team. And at that time, do you know what I think? At that time, Italy were the world champions, right? Because they, they beat France in penalties, I think, in the, the final. Was it 2006 they beat them in the final? I was at the game in Germany. 
But I think it just turned a little bit. And I think at that particular time, I thought France were actually a better team than Italy. Um, you know, I really did. Them, uh, with the two of them, and then the Ukraine. And we played the game out there, and, and Gaz Caldwell scored, right, to put his one nothing up. And by the way, they absolutely battered us, right? I'm telling you, they started finish, battered us. And we were hanging on. And I can, do you know what I remember about the game? See, with five minutes to go, ten minutes to go, we were launching it, launching it into the stand and over the stand, right, as far away as humanly possible. <laughs> and the crowd were all cheering. <laughs> <laughs> we scored a goal. They were cheering. But that, that result, when we beat France, was sensational. And, of course, then, Big Alec actually took the boys to, to Paris and, and we Fadi scored the goal and won 1-1, nothing over there. But the, the game against Italy here as well, where the, I think we used them in giving a free kick. kick uh -huh. But at the same time, see if people forget, see if you look back, I think we Barry might have been offside for our goal. Right. So it's kind of kind of swings and roundabouts. Do you think if you and Walton that stage, you'd have qualified? Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, it, was, it, it was, you know, regardless of what a lot, lot of people think, it was, it was really hard to leave at that particular time. You know, the only reason we did leave is because of where we were going. Mm -hmm. um, we might have. You know, some we might have. Uh, but I think to I mean to qualify from that group would have been a quite incredible achievement because as, you, as you've rightly said, never mind those two teams. The Ukraine were pretty special side as well. I think we beat them here. I think the Ukraine beat us over there. So, but that was a that was a good Scotland team. Right? Can I, again, nearly but not quite good enough. What players impressed you for that team? Ty Caldwell's attitude impressed me from that team. You know, I've got to say, mm -hmm. Kenny Muller up front, you know, we scored he, he, a magnificent performance against Italy out there. Absolutely magnificent performance, it really was. But we were solid at the back, we, you know, with a bit of steel about us. Gary Caldwell at that time was probably playing as well as he did in his career. So with some good boys. Brilliant. Right, on to your commentary now. You and the boy champion were brilliant. How was it for you? Oh, it's fantastic, right? The Russia, the whole setup, the World Cup was absolutely brilliant for start to finish. A lot of people were sceptical about it, and myself included, because I didn't really know what, what to expect. Um, <clears throat> And a lot of the boys, like writing and boys like that, and Alan Shearer, they were they were they stayed in Moscow and they were based in Moscow. And that was no bad thing because Moscow was a brilliant place. Mm. It was it was stunning. But at the same time, we had an opportunity. I mean, we went to um, St. Petersburg, Samara, you know, Sochi, Nizhny Novgorod, Kaliningrad. We went to all these places, and it was magical. The whole thing, organisation, the Russians, Sam, they did it unbelievably well. I don't doubt, I think Mr Putin said a word with somebody, right? Because <laughs> the whole thing went incredibly well. Uh -huh. No trouble at all. You know, you see all these nutcases, the Russian nutcases, you see them in the YouTube and all that uh -huh. stuff. They must have been sent away a wee holiday somewhere, <laughs> right? Because we never, he said a word. Uh -huh. I think a couple of doors have been knocked. <laughs> oh, all right. Two quiet words in their ears. Uh, right? Here's what's happening for us World Cup, lads, right? And to be fair, they've took his advice because there was nothing. People, brilliant. I say the travel arrangements. We were flying all over the place. We must have had about 20, I don't know, 24 flights in the five weeks. And I think there was one of them was 10 minutes late. Everything was spot on. And as I said, the, the Russians, the Russian people were brilliant. Really, really proud people. You know, it's, it's, there's a mystery about them because we don't really know, but they were really proud. And it was great. It worked out great because the Russian team actually done well as did well. well. Uh, they did really well. End up, I was at the game, the big Brazilian right back who plays with Russia missed the penalty. I think it was against Croatia. 
and they could have, but the whole, you could feel the swell of the whole nation getting behind them, which made it great for the World Cup, made it great for Russia. Uh -huh. But just on you and John Champion. Oh, man. How did you, you were flipping quite a bit on that telly, weren't you? Oh, I, was, Did you just get off, on each other off the camera as well? Uh, chalk and cheese, John and I. He's organised, ever's meticulous, preparation, half an hour before it, he's there, this, you know what I mean? And I'm running about looking for a hair dryer and all that stuff, washing my face, and I am for my shirt. Complete opposites, yeah. right? But what, what, a, what a broadcaster, what a, what a professional, right? I mean, the boys, the boys wouldn't realise the amount of homework and, and, and preparation that goes into it. I mean, he, we would fly, for example, we're going flying to St. Petersburg for a game on the Thursday night. We'd fly Wednesday morning. You wouldn't see him all Wednesday afternoon in his room. Notes, everything, meticulous. He'd phone you up and say this, that, next thing, he'd give you a wee head steer. He played there, you know, the boy's been injured, but he got booked against that. I mean, incredible, yeah. incredible knowledge. And uh, obviously, we, we as co cop we've got to do our homework, you know. But, you know, nothing nothing like the preparation that he does. It's, it, what a pro. And a great lad to be with, you know what yeah. I mean? Great lad to be with. I mean, we we some great crack. <laughs> we're good for, we'd always good for dinner after the game if we weren't flying home. But before the game, honestly, could be playing again. He was like, oh, you're allowed one beer, one glass of wine, and that's it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like that? I was waiting to go to the toilet. I was giving it on that stuff, you know? As, as you do, you know what I mean? But no, he's great, great pro. By the way, you came up with a few belters. Kazan has come a long way since it fell to even the... Where did this come from? <laughs> well, it ended up, we're up in Kaliningrad. And we went out for a walk in Kaliningrad the morning of the game. And he loves a walk and he loves about the history. And he said, oh, come on, I'll go. So I went with him and he's got me looking at this, one of this 14th century church and all that stuff. And the, the big statues of the Teutonic monks and all that stuff. And he's sitting in there and I'm watching him and he's right into it. And I thought, oh, some of that. So we're looking about it. And it just a throwaway line that day. I said, well, you've got me looking at the Teutonic monks and all that stuff. And it, and it just grew from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're sitting in that particular game in Kazan. And uh, of course, I was doing my homework in the game, but I thought, I can't just have a look at Kazan about the history and all that stuff, right? So let's go to the stage. I'm, going, I'm praying for somebody to get down injured so he can come to me and talk to me about anything other than football, right? So the goalkeeper got down injured. I'm, I'm licking my lips. I went, here we go. Right? So he says, Ali, he said, uh, Kazan, your views on Kazan? And I said, I couldn't stop myself. I said, John, it's funny you should say that. I said, it's come a long, long way since it felt to Ivan the Terrible in 1452, right? And I've looked at my, and I can see his new shooters. I can see his new shooters just got like We'll play Albania on Monday night in the Nations League. Correct. With a chance to qualify for the Euros. Can you give us a, an idiot's guide to it? Well, I've got a perfect audience for a kickoff <laughs> to give you that, right? So, this should be remarkably easy, right? Go for it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> If we win the section, Simon, right? You're listening carefully. Go for you that. need to throw a double six to understand this, right? <laughs> if we win the section, we've automatically got a playoff place to qualify for the next Euros, right? Right. So that's what we should be setting out to achieve clearly against Israel and Albania. If we top that particular group, four games, the very least we are getting is a crack at a qualifying game to qualify for the the European Championships. If we don't do that, I won't go into it, but we've still got a chance of qualifying through the league. Got a league qualifiers. Right. Don't laugh at me, I'm concentrating. <laughs> I'm trying to explain this. You're doing great, mate. If you've noticed, I'm doing it slowly for you as well. <laughs> right. So the fact of the matter is, if we can top the section out of the three teams, Israel and Albania, we are guaranteed 
a playoff place. So if we don't finish top of the group, we've got no chance of qualifying? No, 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 no. Allow me to explain this, Simon, <laughs> if I may. If we don't finish top of the group, we then get into a normal section oh, of the right. qualifiers. And if we top that, we automatically qualify. Now, if we do top the group with a, a Albania and indeed Israel, and then we go on and finish top of our qualifying section, we automatically qualify and somebody below us takes our position in the playoff. Got you. Yeah. So effectively, it's impossible not to qualify for the next European Championship from where I'm sitting. But we'll find a way. Come on, lads, let's do it. Got to do it. Ali, top man. Great to see you, Enjoyed it. Cheers. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>